Whether you're a geek in a cape. You did it. I did. Hold on. Is this picking me up? No, you need to pull up here. What? Yeah, well, because this it, our sitting situation here is fucked up. So if I just do it like this, we're good? Perfect. It's like, okay. Perfect. What, what, where are we at? Whether you're a geek in a cape. Our rogue who's sneaky. Join Chris. Roger. As we. Attempt to entertain the geeky. Entertain the geeky. So, hi, Chris. What's going on? Nothing. How are you? Living the good life, man. Dude, it's been a minute since you and I sat down and actually it's had been like... A good... June. June was the last time you and I were on the mics together. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> interesting. So here, I'll give you a little behind the scenes on all this. Uh, you know, you've been busy with life. I've been busy with life. So Chris and I kind of really just haven't really been talking or hanging out a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I called Jason uh, a couple weeks ago and I was like, hey, we need to get together and record. And then, like, the next Monday, you put up the Lock and Key episode. Yeah. Like, out of the blue, I was like, what the fuck? And then I, I texted Jason. I'm like, did you talk to Chris? No. And he was like, no. Why? And I was like, he posted an episode out of the blue. Yeah. Uh, and Jason's like, oh. And I was like, all right, well, we're getting together. Let's do our thing and just see what happens. So, it's been very weird for us. Yeah. Well, so, my whole thing was, I was like, you know what, man? Uh, this was... I. With Entertain the Geeky, it was done because there was a part of my life that was not being fulfilled at all. And we had this fucking absolutely incredible run for two years. Yeah. Like two straight years of just fucking badassery. And uh, I was like, you know what, man? It is not acceptable that I'm letting all the fucking work that we put into this project go by the wayside. Uh, And so and where I was, was I just had a realization I'm paying 20 bucks a month and no content's going up. Like, oh, like, oh, bro, trust me, right? trust me. Cause, uh, so I look at, I, I get my, the website billing all the time and I'm like, God damn, dude, I just paid $34 and we haven't posted a fucking thing in six months. Uh, so yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, I don't really know. We're really having this conversation right now yeah, on, right. on the air. All right. I was like, I don't know what's going on. So I'm going to go and do my thing and, and, and do this. And I mean, the good news is I don't know what, what's going to be in store for Entertain the Geeky, but you guys are going to get content. It could be Chris posting something. Yeah. It could be me and Jason. It could be me. It could be Chris and somebody else. Yeah. Uh, at this point, it, we're just going to be posting things, and we're not going to go back to the way things were. It's not going to be Chris and I just get together and bullshit for two hours or an hour. Yeah. Like, we're, we're doing show prep. We're, we're I'm coming up with ideas because one of the big complaints that I heard was um, – you guys just listen to us and there's no real information. It's just us getting together being being stupid guys, which is fair. But the original idea behind the show was to bring the comic book shop talk yeah. to you. So that's what we're going to do. And it's no longer going to be, haha, here's this, here's this. It's, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what we think about it. What do you guys think It'll about be more it? controlled now. Um, which kind of brings me to what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, shoot. Which is movies mm-hmm. and, and how movies have changed in the past 20 years yeah um and this kind of starts with the fact y'all know i'm a big kevin smith fan like kevin smith we've been riding kevin smith's dick for years for well longer than you and i've been together yeah uh i always wanted to make longer than you and i have been together (laughs) we've been riding kevin smith's dick (laughs) um i've always wanted to make movies that was my dream when i was a child was i wanted to be a director and jurassic park was the movie that made me want to make movies I was like, I want to entertain people like that. That's what I want to do with my life. Kevin Smith showed me that you can make movies. You can be a fucking nobody and do it. And you can do it. Now, we I had a buddy over, and we ended up watching Chasing Amy. Yeah. Which is Kevin Smith's, in my mind, second greatest movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes Clerks 2, Chasing Amy. Like, that's the order. The mall rats? No. Um, here, I'll give you my order. And I'm going to keep it to the Jay and Silent Bob universe because Jersey Girl fits in there in a different order. Yeah. Uh, but and, and the Jay and then I want your order and the Jay and Silent Bob universe. It goes Clerks two. Yeah. Chasing Amy. Clerks one. Dogma. Mallrats. Jay and Silent Bob reboot and then Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Mm. That is six movies that I and I enjoy all of them. But to me, uh, and I'll, I'll break it down why the list is that way. Shoot. Uh, Kevin Smith is very good at dialogue. That's his thing. Like, that's, that, that's that is thing. what he's good at. Um, and when I see Clerks 2, and there's two types of Kevin Smith movies. There's, I'm making a dialogue movie like Clerks 1 where it's two guys talking because that's all I have the money for. Yeah. 
And then there's the slapstick, just standard, in my mind, comedy tropes, uh-huh. which is Mallrats, Jay and Silent Bob, Jay and Silent Bob yeah, I've got a couple of bucks to throw. Right. Let's I'm going to make, let's, let's make a traditional let's, comedy at this yeah. point. Uh, Clerks 2 to me combines both of those. Uh, if you don't, if you don't choke up during that jailhouse scene, you're dead inside. Right. Like when, when, when Randall's throwing it all out there saying, I'd buy the quick stop and open it ourselves, talking about his friendship, you're just dead inside. So to me, Clerks 2 definitely combines both best of both worlds because the donkey scene's hilarious. It's awesome. Yeah. The the emotional roller coaster between Dante and Rosario Dawson, the how do, how do friendships evolve in your 30s is an amazing thing. Um, Chasing Amy is, to me, the greatest dialogue movie Kevin Smith has ever done. It is the, the there is no action in this movie. There is no the comedy is not slapstick. It is. Oh my God, this is what they said is funny. Yep. You know, the Archie's being gay and then the ground it broke. Now, if you watch this movie and you've never seen Chasing Amy, it's not controversial today. No, it's not groundbreaking. I mean, it's kind of like bland, but in the nineties, the idea of that storyline of a lesbian going straight, going back to gay, all of that was very groundbreaking. And you can tell that Kevin Smith put his heart into that movie. And that's really where it was. Uh, and then Clerks, obviously, is Clerks and blah, blah, blah. Mallrats is higher than Jane's. Our dogma is higher than that because I do like the religious undertone. I do like the theories he was throwing out. Yeah. Again, it's more of this is my heart. This is what I think. And you can feel that in his work. Uh, but with Mallrats, it's the first slapstick comedy he did. And it was really well done. It was funny. But it's not... To me, it goes in the same same form as like Happy Gilmore or any of those type of comedies we grew up watching. Okay. Your thoughts? So, number one is Clerks 2. Okay. Um, that So, that movie was incredible because they gave him a budget that he didn't have any business having, which was awesome. And what you looking at? Oh, go ahead. I'm, 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 I'm trying to figure out how I was holding it. No, here. There we go. But they gave him a, uh, a budget right. that he had never really had before, and he made a phenomenal fucking film. Like you said, he brought the dialogue to the slapstick very, very well. Uh, second from that would be Mallrats, um, and it's mostly because of uh, Stan Lee's little excerpt that he gives at the end of the movie. Okay. It's so fucking good, it, dude. That is a really good scene. It is so fucking good. Um, and then, like, how, how brilliantly that was executed with the whole... Oh, no, that was a Spider-Man story that I did. <laughs> Fucking hysterical. Uh, from there, whoo. So it's kind of a toss-up. Red State has a special ah, spot in my heart. Ah, ah. Red State is not a Jay and Silent Bob movie. Oh, you're to keep it. Okay, We're Jay keeping and Silent it Bob in the universe. Okay. universe. Yes. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so then it would be Clerks, Chasing Amy. Those two are right there. Uh, I put dogma under that. I just dogma wasn't super exciting for me. I remember watching it when it came out and thinking, Oh, this is cool. And I actually, about a month and a half ago, Tara had never seen it. So I went and bought it and I was like, did you buy it on DVD? Yeah. Yeah. Real quick. And I'm going to interject your story. I want you listeners. I want you to go to Amazon real quick. Look up dogma on Blu-ray. It is $120. Yeah. Bullshit. Right. Um, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Now, this one is extra spe- extra special, and I've not actually got to talk about this on this show yet. So, uh, you got as we've already talked about here. I'm a huge fucking Kevin Smith fan, and they did the reboot Roadshow tour, and they came here to St. Louis, and I bought tickets to it. I bought uh, balcony tickets to it because I was like, man, I fucking never bought balcony tickets to shit, and I love this man. I started podcasting because of Kevin Smith. I'm going to see this. So. The wife and I go to see this, and he's like, yeah, I'll sit down and watch the movie at some point with the audience. Motherfucker came and sit right next to me and Tara, and I every every fucking piece of me that is pure and excited and all that was just spilling out into the world because fucking Kevin Smith is sitting right next to me and my wife, and like that guy means so much to me and has meant so much to the decisions that I've decided to make as an adult here is... You know, I sit down with my fucking nerdy ass friends and tell stories and stuff like that because of him. Uh, So that one is like in its own little 
spot because it 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 takes all these movies and all this bullshit and just tips its hat to everything the motherfucker has ever done while <laughs> making fun of where hollywood is oh absolutely um will i say that jane silent reboot is a good movie not really it's not a great film no it's not it's actually I, like, it's it, as far as like being a cinematic piece goes it is it's not as good as the other movies that he's done but Again, there is one scene. It's what's well, the whole yeah the Ben Affleck the scene. The Ben Affleck scene is is the whole reason to watch that movie. Listening to Kevin Smith's commentary makes that movie more enjoyable. Um but dude, it was it was watching the past 25 years basically. Yeah. Get get a tip of the hat and that was fun. And like when you're a fan of something and a movie is made just for the sake of, oh, you're a fan of this? Dude, that's fucking cool. You know I, Jay and Silent Reboot. I'm okay if there's not another Kevin Smith movie. I I am. Like Clerks Two wrapped up those characters. I don't need to see a Clerks Three, right? Dante and Randall are owning the quick stop. Dante's married. They have a kid. Jay and Silent Bob. Jay's figured out his life and where he needs to be in his life. Everything is like those characters are wrapped up. I I, I don't need to see more of this. Would I like it? Sure. I don't need to see it. And the reason we're going on on this actually leads to this conversation is they don't make, they don't tell stories like that anymore. They don't, movies have moved away from dialogue and character development. Explosions and action. Explosions and actions. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to blame the MCU for this, but I will point to the MCU as it's an example of as it. a huge example because yeah. obviously these movies make billions of dollars. Now we've, always had action movies mm-hmm. we've, we've always had big budget spectacles special effects yeah for us growing up like our big budget movie there's there's three that come to mind what you Jurassic got Jurassic Park that was one of them Terminator 2 and Independence Day Independence Day man fuck yeah like like that movie those movies were like boom here's the new thing in special effects <laughs> but at that time you still had story driven dialogue driven movies Mm -hmm. you did have the clerks you had pulp fiction you had the independent film um, resurgence back in like 2004 well before that because it was the 90s well you had the 90s and then you had uh, like 2004 we saw the resurgence of that because you had movies like juno nick and Nora's infinite playlist those movies were starting to turn back up the difference was is the shit that came out in the 90s far superior to fucking juno's juno's a shit movie well it is juno i own it it's sitting over here i i I was just looking at it yeah um, and but so my thing is, uh, is it because these movies make a bunch of money, which obviously they're going to continue cracking, cranking them out because they do, or is it because we have an audience have lowered our expectations and what we find is entertainment? No. So we we get our storytelling, and this is something you and I were talking about off the mics a little bit. We get our storytelling now in series. It's done in series. It's done by binging something. We don't get it in the short form of a movie anymore. Okay. I can see that. But my question is, should we expect more? Look at the Oscars. No, no, no. That's fair. Um, So, two hours. Let's say a movie's two hours. Okay. Okay. Can't can you can you develop a character in two hours and all the shit? Yeah, people okay. have done it for fucking years. Is it the most effective way of bringing somebody full circle? No, no. But the idea to me about <coughs> movies and, and 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 when you see a movie and uh, it, it's not I expect to see the character's journey end. It's I'm seeing a snippet of their life. Let's look at The Godfather. Yeah. All right. Great movie. Three hours long. So three hours. An long. Hour extra runtime. <laughs> Uh, but you did not. You saw Michael Corleone change in that movie, but his character was not complete. And if they had not done Godfather Two or the worst Godfather Three, that movie would still hold up as a masterpiece of cinema. Yeah, because of what it had accomplished, mm-hmm. and you would not have had the character's journey complete. Michael wouldn't have died at the end of Godfather Three, but you would know just by that snippet of life. But do you do you know what? Okay, do you know what Godfather is? That's essentially a fucking. It's a twelve part uh, miniseries. Yeah, and but that's what how films have been. I mean, because it's fucking three hours long. That's a long ass movie, bro. But, okay, then let's look at other movies. I mean, The King's Speech. Okay. All right. Two hour movie. Two hour movie. Two hour movie. Two, uh, well executed. Well, well executed. executed. Not a lot, uh, but you saw 
just a snippet of his life mm-hmm. and how the character changed. Mm-hmm. We're not getting that anymore. Yeah, and movies. here, I'm not saying that it's – because, you know, I tip my hat to it. I'm like, they don't do it like they used to. I think a more effective means of doing it now is a series. Okay. Why? Reason being is you get more storytelling. You get to dive a little bit deeper into it. Do you need well, – Because you, of time restrictions. Okay. Now, do you need more storytelling? Let's look at Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is the biggest show that has come out in the past couple of years. Yeah. In the past decade. Yeah. All right? Uh but there's definitely a moment in that show where it's done. And that and even the the bad reception of the last season, maybe the idea that we're going to take our time isn't always the best. Look at look at all the TV shows that have gone on for far too long. So Game of Thrones, the I think one of the big things that bit them in the ass also was not having appropriate source material at that juncture. Well, that's Martin's fault, but Martin like they sat down with Martin. The only reason he signed what up on the show What do you believe happens? Yeah, do you think he even knew at that point he's like tell me how I'm going to finish this story? Yeah, fuck no. Here's my thing about George R R Martin and, and Game of Thrones is he wrote that book and he killed he killed uh, Ned Stark and went he killed Ned Stark and went, oh, where do I go from there? Yeah. And that's all we've gotten. And eh, whatever. It's not the best books. It's fine. Whatever. We, those books are never going to finish. You have your you have your end of Game of Thrones. It's on TV. Yeah. That's the end. <laughs> like George R. R. Martin promises us that his book ending will be different. Well, we're never going to get to that. He's going to die before he finishes it. And I'm okay with that. Dicks and dragons. But like, do you like, so let's look at the MCU. Let's look at what movies have become. Yeah. They become big explosions. They become action oriented type storytelling. Is that the only way that this industry can survive? Of course not. Of course not. Because what's going to happen here, what's going to happen is in the next few years, we're going to get a film and it's going to make people feel something because it was just nothing really, nothing cinematic so to speak, will happen in it. It's going to be this this dialogue-driven thing, and it'll be a big ordeal. Um, and that'll be... It'll win a bunch of fucking awards and all this bullshit, and everybody's going to suck the director's dick, and they're going to say these actors were so amazing, blah, 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 and that'll be... That'll open it back up. These things come in phases. I don't know if we're past that or not. We're not. Are you Honestly, you don't think we are? No, not at because all. Because we do have a different landscape than before. We do. And we do. like you said, series are now the way to tell stories. You, I think it is a more effective means of doing it. D- does that mean it's the only way to do it? No. And with the fact that, you know, it's no longer... The reason that, that TV shows have less of what we're talking about is budget. Right? Yeah. Now let's actually break it down. Let's look at how many movie studios there truly honestly are. Three. <laughs> right. No. You got Disney. You Sony. got WB. And you got Sony. Yeah. Universal is kind of hanging on by a thread. Yeah. Okay. So you've got three three studios. Disney has all the money. They don't need to make... Anything. Yeah. They're like, hey, we're, we're going to spend a billion dollars making a movie because fuck it. We're going to make that money back. Uh... Warner Brothers, they're talking about making Lethal Weapon 5. That's their big, hey, let's let's do this. What the fuck Sony got? It's got Spider-Man? So- Morbius? Yeah, Sony's got... it's With them, I don't think there's so much clinging on to the cinematic universes. Spider-Man is the outlier there. But uh, what other movies do they have coming out? It's, it's more so one-offs, I think. Yeah, and they're not... They're not making a shit ton of money. So really what what it's going to take to get back to this is uh, indie films, indie films and studios realizing, hey, I don't need to make 30 billion dollars when I release a movie. I just need to make a profit. Yeah. So once upon a time when somebody would pitch a movie idea to you, you would assess risk. Right. We don't do that anymore. There's no because there's a formula, right? Um, the, and, the formula is big explosions. That's what drives character development. So yeah, like your Disney. I don't think Disney is going to start telling original stories. Actually, and I've bitched about this before, and I'll bitch about this again. Stop fucking doing your live action remakes of your bullshit. But they don't need to. 
They do need to stop that because no. it's fucked up. Fuck you. They're making movies and they're making money. How much money did the Lion King remake? Yeah, make? I don't give a fuck. I didn't watch. How much shit. money did the Aladdin remake make? I don't know. It's trash. You don't like like the risk in Hollywood is always developing a new IP, right? Yeah, no, and Disney's completely mini, uh, mitigated risk. Disney's now. just buying IPs. They, they don't fucking care. No. They're um. Like, they're so like, yeah, Disney's gonna keep reprinting bullshit. Okay. Okay. So we know what's coming from them. Uh. Sony is going to be one that'll give a shit, and WB will. WB, what fucking... There was some movie that I was just looking at that they're going to be putting out. Uh, fuck. It's eluding me right now. It doesn't really matter. Um, so, it's yeah, it's going to be Sony and WB. Universal will tag themselves in other people's movies well, at this point. Yeah. They're That's like, what, uh, we own some properties. Uh, they're like, we have Mission Impossible. Yeah. Do they, do they, yeah. Do, does Universal have Mission Impossible? No, hold on. Uh... Keep talking. Hold on. I Just pull your phone out, dude. It's right in front of you. Pull my phone out. I got the movie right here. That's Paramount. It's Paramount. Paramount. Okay. Oh, we forgot oh, about Paramount. Paramount. They're the Nickelodeon Studios. Uh, yeah, Nickelodeon Studios, and Paramount, and Star Trek. Yeah. Paramount's an interesting one. It is. Well, because they just merged back with CBS. Yeah. Which means we're going to start getting more Star Trek movies. We'll see. Like, when I say Star Trek movies, I'm using the air quotations yeah. of, hey, fuck you. You're not my captain. We're going back to what Star Trek movies should be. We'll see. Hopefully, we'll see. Um, but yeah, so there's not a lot of studios out there that are that that are willing to take this risk. Well, no, because everything's about tugging on your it, we, fuck. We've had this conversation before on the mics, and it's everything is about pulling on your nostalgias. It, uh, Let me tug at your heartstrings. Yes. No, because yes. hold on, hold on. What has been the most successful in the past fifteen years? MCU. Okay, that's not really harping on my nostalgia, and here's why. While we have comics and we read these comics and we saw these TV shows. They're not, they're not going back like episode seven and read and giving us nostalgia. They're saying, here's some new stories. You cannot point to one Marvel movie and say it's a, it's a great adaptation of a story. Civil war prime example. Watch Captain America Civil War and then go read the book. Oh, dude, uh, don't even. Yeah. Guess what? They're not the same. And no. I will say this. It's a tipping of a hat, though. It Big is a time. tipping of a hat. And there, there, are fucking, there are scenes in that movie that are direct adaptations of a panel from a comic book. But at the same time, I will say this. The movie is far superior than the comic storyline. To the end. Like, you know, like, yeah. No, like to the comic storyline. And the, the biggest moment we had in cinema in the past two years was Endgame. All right, let's, yeah. let's, let's be honest. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they wrapped everything up. No, that was huge. And you saw Robbie Downey Jr. just do the snap and all that good things. And I said at the time that if they stopped making Marvel movies, that's that's, good. that's a damn good place to end it. I agree. Um, but the thing is this, and this is what we were kind of talking about earlier, is we spent 10 years watching, and we're going to focus on Iron Man. Yep. Watching Iron Man develop from the alcoholic blah 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 to Mm -hmm. sacrificing himself at the end yep but i cannot tell you why because he was daddy he gave up here's the thing he gave up the single most precious thing that he knew in the universe which was being dad and he did that so that everybody could have a better life and it was no longer i'm gonna put this blanket around the world to protect it it was i'm gonna give these people a chance Uh, boom okay you know what you know what happened there there was no dialogue. There was no actual thought process of this is where Tony Stark's going. I am tired of... You had to think about it. No. And here's... No. <laughs> stop. Here's the thing. You can have an intellectual movie that makes you think. Chasing Amy. King's Speech. Yep. Dunkirk. 1970. Dunkirk was fucking good. You can have these intellectual movies that make you think about characters while discussing it. Yeah. There was no point given to the fact through the entire end game, here's what you heard. Here's what you heard Tony Stark say. I want to come out of this alive because I have too much to lose. And then all of a sudden, he's like, ah, fuck it. It wasn't about all fuck it, though. But that, no, that, that, I mean, that's really what it was. Tony, sacri- Tony sacrificed himself to save the world, which is something that Captain America said he would never do. Yep. But he proved in the end of Avengers, the first one, he was willing to make that sacrifice. Tony Stark snapping his fingers at the end of Endgame is not this big character development revelation that they wanted it to be because he proved he's willing to sacrifice himself in the first fucking movie. But the stakes were different. It was higher stakes at that point. Okay, so just because the stakes are higher means my sacrifice means more? Yes. No. Abso-fucking-lutely. Abso- he was willing to die for New York. Yeah. But so he, why wouldn't he be willing he to die He was not willing to give up a family for it. Like, it was different. Mm. 
No, because he had proven that even before the kid came into his life, even before he became a dad, he was willing to die mm-hmm. to save New York. Yep. That is not character development. That is just going back to where he was, which is, all right, I'll die for this. Yeah, that's it. Just because it's now the world. Yeah, but then, so then, then we see Tony Stark go back into this hole after New York because he's got PTSD or whatever, and he's being a little bitch about it, and he's like, I am scared of monsters coming through portals in the sky, and I have visions of it, and so you have that, and you have that for fucking years, for fucking years. It's Tony Stark being a fucking bitch, and he's like, well, I gotta make fucking Ultron now. I gotta make an Ultron because I want to protect everybody, and I don't want to have to get dead. And he was still willing to die. He wasn't willing to die for the Ultron thing. The, the, uh, no, and then, uh, and then you have this selfish prick. You have this selfish prick say, "Man, you fucking your buddy killed my daddy, and I know we've done a lot of good shit together, but fuck you. I'm gonna be mad at you now and stomp my feet like a little bitch." Like you do see a character progression there, and he, he goes, he fucking stomps his feet, and then he's like, "Man, this isn't so bad, and you're actually a cool fucking cat, and I'll die for you and everybody else, even though I have to leave my wife and kid alone." Even though I had already said I would die for you and everyone else in our first fucking outing. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like that's like I'm not trying to take away from 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 Tony Stark's sacrifice at the end of the end game, but. For fuck's sake, he already made that point that he was he's willing to die. It's not really that big shocking of an ordeal that he died. Captain America is a little different. There's an act. If you want to look at character development in a movie. No, that was fucking huge. Well, Captain America's development from being this goody two-shoe to being kind of on the dark, but always still following his morals. Yeah. And then at the end, he realized, you know what? I missed a whole life. I I gave up everything to do this. It's done. It's time for me to move on. So instead of looking... Here you go, Marvel fans. Instead of praising the end of Iron Man, how about you praise Steve Rogers' journey? And actually look at that. That's the character development. No, no, no. Steve Steve Rogers got the perfect hit. But we said that in our in-game episode, fuck back in June. Yeah. But that's the ending. That's the character (laughs) development we need. We don't need rehashing of the same things. In fact, let's realize that... Movies need to be more like that because that was the character development. Look at Dark Knight. Okay. The only reason, and I've said this time and time again, but the only reason that Heath Ledger's Joker is, is so prevalent is he died right after. Yep. The movie is not about Heath Ledger. It was never about the Joker. Yep. It was about Two-Face. It was mm-hmm. about Harvey Dent. Yep. And that character, there's two and a half hour long movie and you saw the slow descent from Harvey Dent. Look at Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Like, that movie was leaps beyond anything the MCU has put out as far as telling a movie, showing a character, because that was a character study. Yeah. Oh, that, for sure. For that sure. was not a action movie. That was a character study. That's There you go. The Joker is what gives you hope that maybe the studios will do something different. Because they took a comic book movie and made it something It's, it's it never the highest was. grossing R-rated movie ever, too. Right. So I think there's plenty of hope. I think there's plenty of hope. Now, here's a problem. As because of the movie's success, they're like, we're making a Joker too. Mm. That was supposed to be a one-off. It was. Um, and I don't... We'll see how the Joker 2 comes there out. There doesn't need to be a second one. There doesn't. Let let Leave well enough alone. Well, the issue I have with them doing a sequel is... What I found the best part about the Joker was the end when he walks away and you realize at that moment, that entire movie you've been watching yeah. could just be a tale. Yep. And that's where you're, you're uh, thinking about a movie and, and you're looking into the character of is that's, that's the type of thinking I'm talking about is I went through this journey with this character. Yeah. I saw how he descent to descent into the Joker and at the end, in the most Joker way possible, you could be telling me that this is all bullshit. Yeah, it's just, he's the ultimate agent of chaos. Right, and doing a <laughs> sequel w- does kind of cheapen that. It's a disservice to it. Uh, it's a disservice to it. So there's another thing is Hollywood, stop making sequels. I mean, this has been said on this show probably fuck a hundred times now. I mean, we've got ten, what, nine Fast and Furious movies? Yeah, now that shit needed to stop fucking after the first one. Those are stupid fucking movies. Have you seen that meme where it says, I'm this, if you feel old, here you go. This is what they were stealing in the first Fast and Furious. And yeah. it's DVDs and fucking tube TVs. Yep. Um, 
But I'm. Uh, I don't really know what I expect from Hollywood at this point. I don't know what I expect from my entertainment because I feel that. I want to still see summer spectacles. I still want to see the Star Wars. I still want to see the Jurassic Worlds. I still want to see those movies. But I do want to walk into a theater and I do want to see movies where... You want to feel something. Not even feel something. I just want to... I want to think about it. I want to know. Hmm. Uh, the idea... Cinema used to be... Do you remember like when cinema used to be you'd go see a movie and you would sit and talk about it and you, you, would, you would dissect the film. You would critique it. Now it's... Hey man, that that those special effects didn't look real good. That explosion looked fake. Uh, I feel that we have cheapened the movie going experience, and it's all because of Star Wars. I, I don't really mean that. I, no, um, my, I, I told you this earlier, and I'll throw it out in the air because I actually want to hear what the listeners has to think about yeah, this. Yeah, And I don't want I don't want to argue is Star Wars good or bad. Do you think that Star Wars' impact on special effects is overrated? Because, yeah, we were talking about that off air. Right. Yeah. Because like like I told you earlier, we, we look at Star Wars as this great special effects spectacle. And we say that it advanced special effects technology so much. While Empire Strikes Back might have done that, the original Star Wars, A New Hope, did not. They used the same exact special effects, models, blue screen, wire captures that have been used since the 50s. Say it was it was not a blue screen it was an actual background no 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 when the tie fighters are blowing up yeah like that sheet all the scenes of the tie fighters blowing up it was models hanging from wires i thought with it a was blue screen oh i thought it was a uh black and white spotted screen no it was well blue screen that's the same thing as <laughs> as a blue screen but yeah no it, it was a green screen it was a blue it was a green screen effect um uh, the models the, the the death star run yeah that was just a model yep we, we had seen these things done so many times before. This wasn't new technology. In fact, the only thing that he might have done new was lightsabers. But even then, there's been laser beams shot in movies since the 50s. Yeah. Um, what Star Wars did was he they, 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 all they did was make sci-fi fast and exciting. Because up until that point, sci-fi was 2001. It was these slow, methodical movies that made you think with these special effects. 2001 has 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 great special effects. The movie was made in the 60s, mm-hmm. uh, almost 10 years before Star Wars had come out. And the special effects in that movie are on par with Star Wars a decade later. Go look at the movies of the 80s, special effects, and then compare them to the special effects of the 90s. They are definitely different leaks. So uh, what, what movie was that? Uh, where the water goes through the ship? The Abyss. The Abyss, thank you. Um the abyss had the single greatest special effect of the eighties. Yes, that that water scene that they that was the first like big computer scene. Uh, no, it wasn't. No, no, no. The that looked like that. It was. Uh, well, it was the first computer generated character. Yeah, the first computer generated movie scene was actually Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Okay, the Genesis scene where they showed the the presentation of Genesis. Yeah. that was the first computer generated. Mm. wasn't wasn't on the same level. No, but it was the first time it was used. Okay, Let's give credit enough. where credit is due. Okay, We're okay, talking okay. about pioneering special effects. <laughs> well, the Abyss did it the best. And I, I, I want to know, listeners, do you think that Star Wars gets... Uh, we're going to just say A New Hope. That it gets too much credit for special effects? Hmm. Because it really didn't do anything revolutionary. It's much like the Beatles. It didn't do anything revolutionary. It just did it better than everyone else. <laughs> You know we're gonna get hate mail about the Beatles comment. Uh, Nobody gives a fuck about Star Wars. Right That's now. fine. <laughs> the last movie pissed everybody off enough to where they're like, "But it, eh. the last movie really didn't." Look, ooh, uh, careful. All right, first off, the last movie proved one thing and one thing only. And here we go back to the back to Disney bullshittery. Is that Disney did not have a plan for this trilogy? No. Uh, and unlike George Lucas, where he said he had a plan, and obviously he didn't have a plan. George Lucas was able to pull that shit off. Much better. Disney was Much. not. Disney went, hey, let's make a new trilogy. There's there okay, there there's such a thing as too many cooks in the kitchen. Well, yeah. And And that's what Disney's proven. The problem is and here we go. <laughs> directors are directors are storytellers. Directors are not writers. One good, one good chef, one good chef can bullshit his way through a meal. Yeah. Okay. Fifteen can't. 
But if you look at the original trilogy, George Lucas directed the first one. Uh-huh. Wrote and directed the first one. Yep. That was all. Yep. He didn't write Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. He didn't write Return of the Jedi. He was like, here's my outline. But we know that studio interference is an issue. And when you're bouncing around with directors who are also giving their input to, in writing there, because that's what all of them have done. Everybody's like, fucking Ryan Johnson, fucking J.J. Uh, Abrams. Stop. Stop. Like, these guys fucking got... There were too many cooks in the kitchen. It made for a botched-ass fucking trilogy. It was botched. The, whether you like the it was fucking not, bad. Like, it was whether fucking you like the movies or not, we're not here to, to, to say they're, you know... I'm here to say they're bad. Yeah, it's, that's Chris. Whether you like the movies or not, it is definitely a clear-cut case that Disney did not have plans for this trilogy. No, it was fucked. Uh, and they, wrote, they released the first movie purely stricken on nostalgia. Nostalgia, yep. They were like, hey, you guys didn't like the prequels. Let's go back to Star Wars. Here's the Millennium Falcon. Here's the Death Star. The second movie, while I have said time and time again, to me was not well paced. It was not well edited. It was not well directed. The story in the movie was good. the The idea that Ray came from nobody, the 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 <laughs> characterizations that that Luke had taken, all of it was good. It was just poorly executed. Yeah. Um, and then they come back and, and they fuck all of that. And then with the third movie, they were like, hey, all those things you liked or didn't like about the second movie don't matter. And to me, that's why, they, dude, J.J. Abrams, you need to fucking stop, bro. This I, is his fault. I don't know. I it's don't. the Star Trek fucker. No, as much as I want to point the finger at J.J. Abrams, I can't. Where was Chris Pine and all that? Uh, That's Wonder the question. Woman. He was making Wonder Woman. As much as I want to point the finger at Chris, P- uh, Chris Pine, at J.J. <laughs> Abrams, I can't do that. Uh, I blame it solely on Disney for releasing a product that they had no plan for. Much like with Game of Thrones. Once you get past that source material and you don't have a plan for what's next, if you sit there and you tell me you're going to release a trilogy, then you better have that trilogy. I, you don't need to have every word. Yeah. figured out you need but, to have an arc a, you need to get yeah, exactly you need to have an arc and you can't hodgepodge it here's what made it, here's what made the original trilogy so good first movie came out great action great sci-fi great movie not a lot of character development yeah han solo turned into be a hero that was the character development of that movie yeah luke was like i want to be a jedi from date from the moment you met him he's hey, yeah. all he fucking he gets in, indoctrinated into this fucking crazy ass religion within about 40 seconds of yeah. meeting ben kenobi so luke, luke's journey in the first movie is not really uh there's nothing surprising there. right oh obi-wan died now i'm gonna pick up a lightsaber fine uh but the first movie Boom. And then what you saw with the second and third movie was an actual cohesive storyline. The, 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 what happened in those movies made sense, except for the Ewoks beating the Empire. I will not understand that. But fine. More power to you. You wanted Wookiees. You couldn't afford them. Great. With the prequel twil- trilogy, now we see what overplanning does. <coughs> George Lucas overplanned, wrote those three movies... And you can see what happens when you just when you just have nothing but yes men around. Well, we, we, we also... we. We had some fan interference after the fucking first movie. We did. After episode one. Not the first movie, but the fucking, you know, fifth well, movie. Well, even George third, Lucas said, fourth, you know, if you read movie. those interviews when the in the 90s, 99 when it came 99, out. 99, yeah. Uh, there's a Time Magazine article where George Lucas said, I knew introducing Anakin as a child, the audience would hate it. So he did this knowing. And I, I have talked a lot of crap on George Lucas in the past. That but, was a fucking brilliant. But I, move. I will say this. George Lucas has, when he makes his stories, he's been like, yeah, I did it. I did it not to appease you fans. I did it to tell the story I wanted to tell. Good or bad, right or wrong, that's the story he wanted to tell. Star Wars is not ours. Star Wars is his. So here. Art was his. Now it's Disney. I'm going to to fucking talk about what a brilliant move that was um, because you don't have to fucking like it. I really don't give a shit. But what he did here is he took the fucking big bad, the irredeemable basically in Darth Vader, and he humanized him. What's what's the most beautiful and just pure thing in this world? It's a child. So he shows you this fucking child who's just beautiful and pure, and that motherfucker is going to be the heinous cocksucker Darth Vader. Except at the end of Return of the Jedi, you saw he re- he was redeemed. Yeah. No. Um, I, I And... We know that going into that story. Now, uh, with Disney's new trilogy, it's obvious they did not have a plan. No. And we spent, what, four years? Six years? Six years? Six years. Six years. Five, it was technically five years, I okay. guess. 
So five years with a trilogy that not only divided fans. Nothing happened. That not only made you question your fandom. Nothing fucking happened, dude. You, you, you wiped. The one movie you decided to take risk with, you wiped away. You, just, you didn't the, plan. Sit down and plan. I understand that sometimes character, like an author will tell you, I started writing a book and the characters take over. Yeah. Like I have a general plot line. I want it to go from here to here to here to here to here. It's how you get there. Char- well, see, that's the thing with character development. Characters are supposed to take over. Characters are the driving force of a story. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> you know, like Stephen King will tell you, he sits down and he starts writing, but he has mm-hmm. a general idea of what he wants to have happen. Where he wants the story to kind of end. Yeah. Which Stephen King is the worst author in the world for ending books. None of his endings ever are good. But, and then he lets the characters take over. With the new Star Wars trilogy, it seemed like every movie was just, I want to make a, I want to make a good Star Wars movie. I want to make a Star Wars movie. Right. And it wasn't, I want to tell this story. And I don't, and from what I understand, Disney seems to have gotten the message. Because they're like, hey, let's take a step back. What they need to do, and I know this will not fucking happen, but what they need to do, you guys need to take fucking five years away from Star Wars Disney. Own the property. Do your fucking little miniseries with it. The Mandalorian's incredible. Um, Is it, though? Yeah, it's really good. I don't think it is. We're so fucking starved for something that's decent that that's great. Um, I don't think The Mandalorian's <laughs> decent. Uh, I watched all the episodes. Yeah. It was Okay. Um, my issue with the Man- Mandalorian. Okay, there's no story. It's a baby. No, okay, great. Baby Yoda's cute. That's a baby. Here, you want to watch? You want to watch the entire season of Mandalorian? Here you go. Watch one episode. Watch the third episode. <laughs> watch the third episode. I-, I go to a planet. Some shit happens. Baby Yoda's in trouble. And then we go to a different planet. There, there is a story. You have this fucking cutthroat asshole who is on a job, fucking is going through with his job, and then is like, oh, man, I can't fucking do this because it's wrong, and this little thing deserves a chance. And then, oh, he's fucking Papa Bear. No, do you know why he didn't kill Baby Yoda? Because It's Baby not Yoda's because cute. he loves Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda's using his Jedi mind bullshittery. Oh, stop it. You just want to be mad at the fucking I'm cuteness. Not, no, I'm fine with Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda's adorable. <laughs> Baby Yoda is really honestly the only reason to watch that show. And the last episode when they were beating the shit out of Baby Yoda, I almost broke my TV. All right. I love baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is amazing. But don't tell me that fucking Jeng- Boba Fett looked down at baby Yoda and was Boba like, Fett. yeah, because that's who he is. He's fucking just stop. He's fucking Boba Fett. It's Boba Fett. And that's baby Yoda. God damn it. Ba- ba- Boba it's not Fett, the child. Disney. Boba, Boba Fett looked at baby Yoda and was like, oh, I'm going to change my ways. No, what happened is baby Yoda went, oh, shit. I'm about to get capped. Look, Jedi mind fuckery. It's- love me. So, what I thought was hysterical about about this whole fucking this whole Mandalorian phenomenon here is that Disney has gone on record as saying um, has gone on record as saying people need to start stop calling it Baby Yoda and start calling it the child. And I'm like, you don't get to make that decision, right? Uh, people decide like you took something that was already recognizable. You babified it. You did. You made it a fucking pop fig, okay? Yeah. A pop fig in film, and then you you have the audacity to tell people that the already recognizable thing that you've taken because you own a fucking property it, it, that it's not what they think it is. Bullshit! It's not what you think it is, Disney well, motherfuckers. Hey, Disney. Again, the Mandalorian. <laughs> now, John Favreau had a lot to do with, with the Mandalorian, and that last episode was really, really good show was good the last episode but it's not worth it's okay to me it's serenity without you know it's the good storytelling it's the best fucking star wars that we've gotten years though okay that doesn't mean it's good it does no no (laughs) time out if i eat a shit sandwich and then you cover the shit sandwich with cheese yes that shit sandwich is the best shit sandwich i ever had goddamn right it is but you know what it's It's still still a a shit shit sandwich sandwich. (laughs) And, and maybe it is time that that we realize that that Star Wars and the MCU and and all these things that we love are being oversaturated. MCU can be done, and MCU the, can be done. Well, and even Star Wars needs to be oh, done. Oh, Star Wars needed to be done. Um, 
maybe it, maybe it is time that we 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 as an audience, we as consumers, we as as the nerds who love these properties because we do, we do, we love them to death, and I want more and more and more and more and more. But maybe it's time we step back and go. You know what? I love this product. I respect this product. I need a break. I need some time away. I need to, I need to remember why I love you. Well, and that's that's why I said Disney needs to take five years away from Star Wars. They need to do their little series and shit, the cutesy cute stuff that's know? actually working. Yeah. Do they? Because they're they're doing a new season of Clone Wars, even though that shit was wrapped up. No, I don't give a fuck about that. Do it. Do your fucking Clone Wars bullshit. Do your little series. Leave the fucking movies alone for five years. Okay. Okay. Let us forget this travesty that you've bestowed upon us. Just like we forgot the fucking, we basically forgot the prequels. Okay. We hadn't seen Star Wars in 10 years and we're like, God damn, dude, they're doing new Star Wars. We're seeing fucking all these trailers and shit. The Millennium Falcons there. Everybody had fucking boners. They're jerking off watching their YouTube, uh, watching the trailers on YouTube. Everybody was fucking stoked. And we got the movie and everybody's like, wow, that was so good. No, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't. <laughs> but everybody's losing their shit over it. And then the next movie comes out and people are like, wow, this really isn't very good. And then you get this third movie and people are like, this was fucking, nobody thought about anything. Yeah, no. Yeah. You... So give us five fucking years. Let us forget about your stupid shit and then tell a story. I, well, I think we hit the nail on the head with Disney is hey, come up with a plan. Now, it is obvious the MCU wasn't planned to a T. No. Right? Because we were supposed to have Infinity War way before we did. <laughs> um, but they adapted. And they still ended up telling a cohesive story. Great story. Yep. All, what, 22 movies? Uh, 23. Something okay. like that. 20-something yeah. fucking 20 movies. 20-something fucking movies. They have put, in, the, in less than 10 years, the MCU has put more movies out than James Bond. Damn right. Um. But they tell a story. They do. And they, they were able to adapt to add more and change that story. But at the end, you have a cohesive story. Yeah. And how they did that, it wasn't some great here, great mastermind. I'm thinking outside the box coming up with the new things. It was, hey, here's the story we want to tell. Point A to point B, we'll let the characters tell us how yeah, we Yeah, I mean, get fuck, there. we've known about Thanos since 2012. Yeah. The first Avengers movie. Yeah, exactly. Here's Thanos. He's going to show up, everybody. And yeah. guess what? He fucking... He did. He did. He did. Um, so, take your time. Tell your stories. What do you... Here, guys, geeks out there. What do you want from, from, from your fandoms? Do you want more? Do you want... Do you just want more content? Or do you want better content? What do you, where do you want? Do you want just back to... 90s comic books where everything was all fucked up. I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about that later. But as a fan of properties, as a fan of, of, of your entertainment, knowing that now, I mean, I'm 36 years old today. Chris is 30. And time is becoming very short. Very. The amount of free time we have to devote to these IPs, to devote to the things we love. Um what do you want? What do you expect from your properties are, are the things you love? Cause they're not yours. You don't own star Wars. You don't own the MCU. You don't own DC comics. You don't own magic. The gathering, you don't own D and D, but what would you like to see from the, from the hobbies you've chosen to invest your time in? I, you know, for me, yeah, I think it's fucking passion. I want to see, I want to see the passion of an individual turned into a project and I want to see that project come to fruition. That's that's what I think is exciting for me. Well, and like when somebody truly loves something and they truly pour themselves into it, that's when you see something that's beautiful or wonderful. And that's what that's what I think is exciting. Well, then how do you fix it? Are you willing to open your mind up to new IPs? Cause oh yeah, like look at Hellboy, the the reboot of Hellboy with fucking Stranger Things guy. Yep. David uh, Harbour. It was a good movie. It was. It okay. wasn't Hellboy. Okay. But it was a good movie. It failed. Miserably. Sonic the Hedgehog. Didn't make a lot of money. Uh, it's doing okay. It's a doing okay. It's not making a lot of money, though. It's not like number one in the box office. And here's the thing. You do have a studio that heard what we had to say. Yeah, everybody should be sucking their dick right yeah, now. Yeah, you. It doesn't matter if you you should be taking everyone and their mother to see that movie because they listen to us. And if we don't support the studios that listen to us, 
how can we expect the properties that we to care do about to do exactly. better? Yeah. If they're going to keep putting out the the shit sandwich covered in cheese and we keep buying it, they're going to keep putting it out. Yeah. If a studio actually listens to us and takes changes as a fan, then we need to reward them. Yeah. Agreed. So guys, what do you want? What do you want from your IPs? What, what are you excited about coming down the line? Um, how do you fix this clusterfuck of where we find ourselves in, in the nerd culture? Yeah. It's great that nerd culture and pop culture mainstream. is mainstream now. But how do you keep it special? How do you keep it you, what you would like, while including everybody else? Because every you're going to bring your own stuff out of it. You're going to put your own stuff in it. But what do you want to see? You know what's funny is uh, one of our first episodes was Get Off My Lawn featuring Peter Chu. Yeah. And now, because in that, we're talking about how it's it's bizarre. I mean, fuck, that was four years ago. Uh, uh-huh. But we were talking about how bizarre it was that the shit that we we've liked for years is becoming mainstream and here we are now fucking four years later and it is like that is yeah what is normal now and that's fine it's it's weird it it's is fucking it, weird dude well think about it from and maybe the, this is a conversation maybe we should do a get off my lawn part two and get peter chew back here for this i think, I think we should um and I, here we'll wrap it up with this though is it's great that these things are out there it's great that that it's mainstream thank you so much for for what we've enjoyed and what is being shared. Because at the end of the day, when we were growing up, we didn't have a lot of people to talk about comic books with or D&D or, or gaming with. And now it's out there and you can go to conventions and you can go to stores and you can see these things. You can see just a random person picking up something you're interested in and you can talk to him. It's great that the hobby is expanding. Yeah. And it's great that, it, that it's becoming so mainstream. But what do you want? What do you expect from this? How do you... Can, here, I'll call it out. Here's the geek challenge of the year. How do you contribute to the community that you love so much? I've been I've been lacking. I don't go to game stores anymore. I don't play Magic anymore. I get the game every other week, and that's it. How are you going to community? How are you going to one continue to thrive the community, and two get what you want out of it? Because it is a hobby. It is disposable income you're spending, and money's hard to make nowadays. Everything's expensive. So, guys, let us let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to see, how you're going to do all these things. Yeah, and the uh, the best way to do that is going to be going to entertainthegeeky.com. There, you can get to all of our social media, all that good stuff. You can actually find our episode logs for Entertain the Geeky and Nerd News. And uh, you can comment on individual episodes. You can go on our Facebook page and put anything up on the wall that you want, anything like that. Um, weigh in. If... if you guys would prefer it. Uh, I could create a mail tab on the website. So if you want to email us your thoughts, do that. I'll fucking read it on the air. Roger will read it on the air. We don't care. Someone will. <laughs> oh, hell, I'll just have a random guy come in and read things off the air. We need, um, we'll fucking hire a guy in. Yeah. Hey, this is another $100 a month, but we need Whatever. you to come in here and read this shit. <laughs> hey, Kevin Smith, what are you doing? I got 100 bucks a month for you to read our fucking mail. Um, check out Nerd News. Jason's doing good work. Uh, Check out BoardGameBros.com. Matt and Jeff are doing an or not .com, just BoardGameBros podcast. Matt and Jeff are doing an amazing job. They've actually uh, one of their one of their coolest episodes is they had the game designer for the Dark Tower yeah. uh, on the show. Uh, those guys are doing really good work over there. They've got a Patreon. If you if you want to donate, go ahead and donate to them. Yeah, help those guys out. They're they're, they're amazing. They are great individuals. Uh, Kickstarter's coming in May. Be ready for that. May 5th is the launch. Our videos will be coming up very soon. We're getting ready to, to shoot that in a couple weekends here. Um, other than that, I, I got nothing. Roll some dice, read some books, play some cards, enjoy the hobby. Nerd out. Guys, as always, stay geeky.